Welcome to another edition of Practitioner Radio, Pink Elephant's podcast for the IT management community. ships at sea. Hi, this is George Spaulding. Welcome to Practitioner Radio number 69. Woo! 69. As with uh, with me today, as always, my partner in crime, Troy DeMolan. Hello, Troy. Hey, George. Good to be back once more. And nice to be back once more. And um, boy, our 69th episode just gets scarier and scarier. Okay, so we're recording this sometime during April 2016, and um, the uh, world is filled with the acronyms DevOps, not acronyms, buzzwords, uh, DevOps and Lean IT and Agile and all the rest of that in the world of IT. So we've asked somebody really smart, Damon Edwards, who's the founder of DTO Solutions and who's been doing DevOps basically since the beginning, to join us today as our special guest. Say hi, Damon. How's it going? Good. Good, good, good. So uh, so here we are, and we're, uh, the title of today's Practitioner Radio, Troy, is... Bringing Kaizen Techniques to the Enterprise. What does that mean? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> what does that... What does this Kaizen mean? I mean, I'm, what I is even this teach Kaizen Lean thing IT. you speak of? What is this Kaizen thing you speak of? Um, I mean, I teach Lean IT. I use Kaizen. I use it in there. I, I say it's continuous improvement. It's um, having a, an event where you focus on a single problem and solve it within a time-bounded event. Is that it? Damon, you're the smart guy. Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a Kaizen event. Right. So, I mean, Kaizen, I, I think you think of as at the highest level, the, you know, the most cartoonish macro level would be continuous improvement. Right. And I think, um, you know, we use the word Kaizen because it came from, you know, lean and before that, you know, the, the Toyota production system, um, you know, it's a Japanese word. Um, so it's kind of, you know, sort of a reserved namespace for a particular uh, you know, kind of set of techniques that helps people, um, you know, achieve continuous improvement inside an organization. And a lot of it's focused on the continuous improvement mindset, right? So you were describing the, you know, kind of time-bound um, uh, event. That's a Kaizen event, which is a specifically, you know, applying, applying, you know, the continuous improvement ideas into a particular time-boxed area. Uh, but we think of Kaizen, I think the c- purpose of this conversation is, Thinking it in the bigger picture. How do we teach an organization to learn how to get better at getting better, right? Learn how to find and fix what's getting in the way and do it um, so it's an all-the-time thing done by everybody. Mm-hmm. Is it a process, Damon? Uh, I think it's a mindset, if anything. I mean, I think there's all kinds of – there's different processes and different ways to achieve, you know, continuous improvement, right? Uh, I think, uh, you know, Kaizen's a set of, of techniques, but it's fundamentally rooted in the mindset of – I want my organization to learn how to fix itself. You look at the high achievers, the high performers when it comes to companies, they're the ones that can learn, you know, from the bottom up, um, you know, quicker than 
than than their competitors, right? Gives them the competitive advantage to be able to move quicker, to you know find and fix their own problems. Um, so you know move quicker in terms of just getting better at what they do, and also move quicker in terms of responding to external forces, you know, from the, from the market or from uh, competition or whatever it might be. So you can actually go back and unpack it really at its base level as well, because kaizen is actually a two-part Japanese word. Uh, so kai to change, zen for the better, right? So the reality is we're looking for Zen in our environment. We're trying to improve things for the better. I actually got a pretty funny story. I'll tell you later about that at home life, but this is in essence what it means to change for the better. See, that's why I love your guy's show. Cause Troy's just got that. <laughs> he's like, a, he's like, Troy, I like are, are you reading that? Did you pull it out of your head? <laughs> Troy, what are you, what are you smoking? Man? Well, I mean, the Zen like, zone. I, I, I got to tell you my funny story right now. So all right, tell I, it. I, I'm teach lean, right? And so I'm, <laughs> Part of lean is about the five S's where you've got to sort and standardize and put everything where they need to be because you, you want to have a work environment that's conducive to, to basically productivity, right? Now, my wife and I are very different. Go figure that's often the way it is. She's the artist. I'm the, the logic guy. And I like everything in its place and a place for everything, etc. She likes piles because if she can't see it, she doesn't know she has it. So over time in our family life, we basically have what I call surface problems. <laughs> we have every single surface in the world kind of covered up in things. Uh, but we've agreed over 20 plus years of marriage that some areas are for her to be creative and some areas are for me to be more logic based. And so we have a den. Okay, so we have this den and there's no technology in this den. It's a real den for reading and meditation and kind of things like that. So I, I come home one day and she's filled it full of her scrapbooking stuff. Every place, everything, you can't even sit down in this place. Uh, and I'm and I'm coming home and I, I kind of just deflate, right? I, oh man, do I have to deal with this in the den for goodness sakes? And I say, dear, and I look at her with these big puppy dog eyes. Sweetheart, there's no zen in the den. <laughs> she understood completely what I meant. And the next time I came home, there was zen in the den. Zen in the den. There's a yep. Damon. Damon, you see what I have to deal with? <laughs> yeah. This is ridiculous. Okay, so back back to work here. Back to Mr. Zen in the den. Um, so so what what I heard you say in some ways, Damon, was that we were learning how we were learning how to improve. How to get better uh, at getting better. That was it. Yeah, how to get better at better at getting better. Learning how to learn is, is another way I I kind of say it. So it's really see in my mind it feels like a process, but in your mind it's basically just a mindset where there's just always improvement. Well, is that basically what I'm hearing? Well, there always. I mean, it, it, there is a process, right? I mean, you need an improvement system in your organization to make it work, right? So you can't just say, "Hey, everybody, think about think about getting better." This is a problem with kaizen events, right? Which is that. Um, you know, everybody gets together and thinks really hard about getting better. And then we go back to our daily work and there's no system to, there's no socket, right. To really put that thinking into and drive it through the organization. So yeah, you need a process, you know, you need an improvement system that's, that's in place in your organization. That's not about improving, you know, individual skills like training or not about, you know, improving our architecture, like, you know, better, better designs, but actually improving how we work focused on looking at how we work and finding and fixing what's getting in the way. And you see like the best organizations, they kind of do that um, reflexively or intrinsically, right? It's just sort of built into how they do their stuff. And for larger, more complex organizations who don't kind of have that way of normally working, they need to make it more of, an, of a formal system. But at the end of the day, it's about 
a mindset change. So people, when they're making their decisions or thousands of decisions happen every day at the keyboard level or the big thinking that happens, you know, um, at their strategic level, uh, that they're constantly running it through a filter in their brain saying, you know, what's the vision of where we want to be? What's the next target condition we want to go and achieve? What are the things I'm going to do right here, right now? And in the next few steps that are going to help me move towards that. Right. So it's by getting everybody's mind focused on improvement is the, the end goal. So focus on that first and then figure out the processes and the system to put in place to go, to go do it. So what you're or referring to is what we would discuss as a daily Kaizen versus a, a Kaizen event. That daily Kaizen is really just the way people live. They, they yeah. see, like you know, that movie, you see dead people everywhere. You see waste everywhere. You see opportunities for, you're looking at life through this opportunity viewpoint, this Kaizen lens, if you will. Right. And, and I think where organizations fall down in that, or, or they, don't, they get frustrated is they don't, they get everybody focused on finding waste in their little, you know, in their, in their silo, but they don't have a formal system in place to look end to end, right. To get people thinking horizontally and saying, it's not just about how do I, cause often improving what I do may not help the company. It may not help the bigger system. I might think, Hey, I'm going to save my team a bunch of time by doing something but the, when I go and implement it, I'm actually slowing down the organization or I'm actually causing more work, you know, pushing more work onto somebody else or causing a problem somewhere else. So it's about that, you know, daily Kaizen, but the, the missing piece in a lot of the you know, technology organizations is seeing the end to end system because people are in their silo, their functional silo doing their work and they don't really see that end to end, that end to end system. Well, and, and, you know, we've got books galore, the goal and, and, um, Phoenix Project, and both of them talk about the concept that any improvement that is not at the area of constraint is really kind of just a waste of time. So what you're talking about is people with a Kaizen mindset uh, may well be doing all sorts of improvements at their workstation and their work area and the way they work, but in the end, because they lack visibility into the NDN process, that really is an improvement in the enterprise. Right. And we see this in a lot of big enterprises. They're like, oh, we tried this. You know, like, what do you, what do you mean? They're like, oh, well, you know, we, we, uh, we had this Six Sigma program and it, you know, and we, and we do these, we've, you know, we've been doing that. And like, well, why is nothing getting any better? It's like, oh, we're doing all kinds of stuff, but nothing's actually getting better. It's like, no, no, we can see all, all these improvements. It's like, yeah, but nothing's actually getting better. You still have siloed, disjointed work. Stuff takes too long. Everyone's running around looking super busy, but nothing's getting done. It's like, you know, why is that? It's because, you know, those those are often applied um, in, you know, these kind of local optimizations inside these different functional silos rather than, you know, the what what we're talking about, which is how do you get that same mindset but get it focused on improving the end-to-end system, which might feel like, you know, some de-optimizations here and there, but you're actually optimizing, optimizing the end-to-end uh, system. It's sort of like a a, a working towards a shared consciousness or a shared goal, but you know, uh, kind of decentralizing the kind of the the, uh, the control. If that makes sense. Yeah. So what you're hitting on really is that uh, rather than focusing on waste and specific activity based, there's really just two con- concepts to go for. One is the value. That's the effectiveness of your thing you're doing. The other is the flow. Right. That's the speed yeah. of the flow. That's the reduction in cycle time. That's uh, you know the creation of value process. And if you're not dealing with flow issues, then you're not really improving anything. So it's it's all about changing your mindset up from this bottom-up waste perspective to flow and looking at how flow is impacted by many things, including waste. 
Well, and the but the other piece of this when he talk, when Damon says the word mindset, and I I then look towards IT. I think IT. Then I sit around and think, how many times in the, my experience in IT, which is vast and lengthy. Yes. Um, yes, right. Um, how many times have I seen? Um, you know, the basically the network people do whatever they're going to do, and they know that there's some issues, but they just turn it over to the service desk. In other words, the service desk will handle that through the incident management process, rather than have a quality mindset which says, we're going to do the absolute best job we possibly can and make it as perfect as we can make it so that there are no errors, and therefore there are no waste, there is no waste, et cetera. So, I mean, that that to me is the mindset, which is, which is quality-focused um, judoka, right? Right first time. I just never let it out of my area until we've done the absolute best right. we can. Well, I'm going to add a, a yes and there. Uh, I think that's yes, but I think also you have to look at the conditions those people are working in because a lot of times if you think about how the work got to them, the networking team, it's like there's some logical thing. There's some value choice that we're, we're trying to achieve here for a customer. But by the time it gets down to to – the networking team, first of all, there's six different networking teams, and there's 37 different tickets across those six networking teams that all sort of re- that all relate in some way to achieving this value for the customer. And unfortunately, those 37 tickets are also mixed in with another 307 tickets for other other related things. So people are often working in this, you know, they, they, they're in this kind of siloed labor pool or kind of like this, uh, they're, they're like a temp agency. You know, hey, I, I got my ticket. I got uh, escalated to me. I got to work as hard as I can to fix it. It's probably a one-off because I'm working out of context from everybody else, but I did the technically best thing that I, you know, to my ability and I got to move on. And you have no sense for, is this a higher priority, a lower priority? How does this relate to the other piece, pieces of work? So often we see, you know, where when you don't get that kind of quality the first time, it's not because they didn't want to or they wouldn't like to do that. It's because the system they're working in is is so siloed and disjointed that they don't have the context to do anything different. So therefore, you know, it it it, uh, it doesn't come out that way, and it's not through a lack of of trying. It's they've been put in a system where they're not going to be they're not going to be successful. So you're saying IT is siloed, really? <laughs> occasionally, occasionally. I know that might be a shock there's to people. No, Everyone sit down. There's no zen in the den. There's no, um, there's no you know, zen what creates that silo? I guess to kind of go back, you know, what's the basis for the silo thinking? In your view, Damien, what's that? I mean, in your experience. Well, I think part of it is um, just natural, right? It's like put like with group, group like with like, right? Um, you know, the economies of scale idea was always big. I mean, we saw this whole the outsourcing, uh, you know, debacle, right? I think that everybody said, hey, what's, I got a great idea. We have a, we have a QA problem. So, you know, or, or quality of an issue, or issue of quality. It must be we don't have good enough or cheap enough QA. So if we put them all together and we send them over to Cognizant, no, no offense, Cognizant, but send them over to, you know, to, 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 uh, to a different time zone 12 hours away, um, you know, we're going to get higher quality. Instead of realizing I've taken a part of the whole, the idea of testing and completely abstracted it from, the people who are, are doing doing the work, uh, so doing the development, and extracted from the people who have to run the stuff after the development is is uh, is done, which is a whole other problem. Um, so I just kind of this idea of I'm going to manage for cost in that way, and I'm going to that's going to be my management philosophy because that is visible. I can see the spreadsheet that has all my people on it and my headcount. So I'm going to say, okay, well I'll take this functional area and send it to the cheapest location um, because they're supposedly experts in this. Uh, you know, I think it's that kind of thinking. So it's this classic sort of management um, thinking 
they're they're managing to an organizational ideal in their mind that's going to be cheaper uh, or, or more effective versus actually looking at how the work happens and building the organization uh, around it. I don't know if that even yeah. made any sense, but it's it's just, it, it, it's a management mindset um, that's because they're abstracted from often they can't see the work because it's kind of hidden and and uh, not visible. Structure impedes flow is what you're saying. It encourages silo. It can. See, again, there you go. <laughs> That's why Troy's on the show. Right. And now. So Tro- Troy managed to get that succinctly in there, did he? It's 30-second version of your three-minute explanation. Yeah, he, Way to go, Troy. He's got to have note cards somewhere. I, he can't yeah. just be pulling all this out of his head. No, he talks like this all the time. <laughs> like, even when you're having breakfast or something, he's explaining where the eggs no, came from. It's, it's great. Awful. But you're right. You're yeah. right, Troy. It's the, it's the structure. It's the structure, you know, in, in your setting. What, what, the, what are the conditions you're setting for the, for, the, you know, for the organization? And then, of course, structure is based on leadership decisions, right? It's 100%. Leaders. I mean, it's this is a we always joke about DevOps is it's you know it's, it's a very I mean we're technology I mean based on this conversation but my organization is you know we came out of the automation space the operations guys we got you know folks who ran large development organizations were you know highly technical what we do but in talking about this it, it boils down to DevOps is always it's a it's a management created problem right and management is what's going to get you out of that um, because management sets the conditions that you're either going to flourish or, or, or perish, I guess would be the way to, a, a, a way, a way to say it. And you can do all you want at the technology level. Um, but you're going to be, you know, swimming against massive currents, uh, knocking you down the river unless you, uh, solve the organizational issues. So are you saying in so many words that DevOps is the solution to what we talked about in terms of siloed thinking, or is it what I kind of refer to it as sometimes, is it the outcome of a whole lot of other pieces that are done right where the, so that the result of all that becomes DevOps? That's not a leading question at all. <laughs> I mean, the way, the way I see it, DevOps is, it's essentially, it's a label, right? I mean, it's not a, it's not a thing, right? It's not, it's not a specific methodology. It's a label around a set of business problems, or set of problems and a label around kind of a set of solutions. It's a conversation, right? It, it says, hey, and I think it's it's technology aligned with business. Like we have this issue we need to solve, like time to market and quality and and organizational effectiveness. These are, you know, stuff's getting in the way, right? And if and the business needs us to move faster and do so, so with higher quality. So DevOps just kind of becomes this filter that says, oh, these are DevOps problems. This is talking about the stuff that gets in the way. And these are kind of DevOps, you know, solutions. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, it's a, it's an umbrella around this conversation that is going to include a whole lot of things, right. From the infrastructure as code ideas at, you know, or you know, how to leverage the cloud or containers, um, all the way up to, you know, uh, lean and Kaizen and, and theory of constraints and those things on the management side. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be all those things that are going to be pulled into this conversation, trying to solve this business aligned, you know, business technology alignment problem the word theory of constraints so troy has to talk about that for a minute <laughs> but this comes back to the premise of uh, flow and of course uh eli goldright you mentioned the book the goal kind of as a father of this principle it's not a very technical one it's simply being that you have a system for generating value that system is full of different people and agents that basically get the work done but the flow of that work is actually governed in a sense of a you know a carburetor by the limiting factor so 
if you optimize a non-constraint, a non-bottleneck, you're not going to flow any faster. So the whole premise of understanding how to improve cycle time, improve flow, uh, the reality is that's understanding where you have bottlenecks and looking for pile-ups and inventory, or in this case, you know, tickets or records or work actions. The theory of constraints is a key understanding, um, a key model that needs to be understood in the concept of improving flow. Okay, cool. So, so you said you've been doing DevOps for like forever, which is how actually how long is that, Damon? I mean, I, I don't know what we've been doing DevOps. Again, we're not I think we're doing DevOps, but I mean, we've been involved with the DevOps movement, right? I think you know it's, in, it's been from the from the get go, right? Uh, I was, uh, you know, I mean, DevOps really came from a conference, right? I mean, it was a meetup that uh, Patrick Dubois originally, uh, say a super meetup, right? Several hundred people um, that Patrick Dubois uh, um, in 2009, 2010, I believe it was, uh, organized yep. in, Ghent, in Ghent, Belgium. And his whole premise was, how come there's not a place where develop, developers and operations go to an event and they're both in the right place, right? That it, you can go to developer events, you can go to operations events, but it's like if they both show up at the same place, your, you know, your dev or ops counterpart, then one of you's in the wrong place, right? It's like, why can't we get together and talk about our problems? And kind of in his Germanic naming style, he said, well, it's going to be, there's going to be dev, there's going to be ops, it's going to be two days long. So let's call it DevOps days, right? And it became this con Twitter conversation around it. And then after the event, uh, you know, days, those extra four letters are, uh, it's a lot of Twitter real estate. So people just lopped off the days and it became hashtag DevOps, this ongoing Twitter conversation. And everything kind of sprang from there. Again, it was an umbrella that brought together people who were thinking and talking and working in this area around these different problems. And we used to call it the the dev to ops problem, that handoff of dev to ops. Some people are coming at it from the agile systems administration or kind of the or burgeoning infrastructure as code side of the world. Uh, there are folks who are obviously that have been screaming about this on the agile side for you know for years. Um, so all this stuff kind of came together under that you know, umbrella under that label that Patrick kind of sparked and said, you know, oh, there are other people out there that are talking about this. And that's sort of how it, how it went started. So yeah, we were uh, involved from that first, uh, that first step. And um, it's been, it's been fun along the way. And so those of us in the service management journey, of course, this is not the first time we've heard the concept of a life cycle, uh, a value stream uh, in end to end. So mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's a convenient way to continue promoting that concept that there really isn't an us and them it's really the we concept and it doesn't get any faster until we get it done well and the other <clears throat> the other part of this that i and i just see so much lack of understanding as to what devops actually is because i i've actually been inside organizations where they said um you know we're not we're not going to do idle anymore we're going to do devops yeah and it's like i'm going what because you don't you don't get this, do you? Because or we don't need lean, but we're going right to agile. And I just you know nobody has a a clear understanding of the fact that these are all individual components of really uh, um, an end which we would all like. But I just see a, a whole lack of understanding. Or worse yet, DevOps. Yeah, sounds good. I'll take two. You know they don't they don't understand what it is. They actually think they could buy a DevOps tool or or something like that. 
Yeah, or the other one, you know, they've rebranded their release team, uh, you know, DevOps, the DevOps team, right? Because there's no there's no better way to break down, you know, silos than to create a new silo, right? That's another, uh, <laughs> that's another another one. But yeah, I, I think it's because that's the way. Again, it's the mindset thing, right? Um, how these organizations have been trained, so to speak, um, from you know, it's it's kind of legacy thinking combined with how the vendors of the world. It's like, look, you know, you're a technology organization, so you're going to buy technology. You're going to, you know, your vendors are going to tell you what to do when it comes to technology. And then, you know, kind of extend that same thinking to uh, to methodologies. Like there's going to be a software development methodology. Okay, so let's start replacing those. And then Scrum comes along. Instead of people looking at Agile and saying, oh, Agile and Lean. So taking Lean principles and applying their organization, they just see it as, oh, here's this drop-in replacement for um, my current software development methodology and or project management methodology around my software development and i'm just going to go to different meetings and use some fancy words and or use some different words some funny words and you know have new role titles yeah exactly but at the end of the day i'm not changing my mindset i'm just going to a different meeting and sort of working on a different on a different project uh my project tools all look different and i think that's that is kind of where devops and lean in general is something very different right if you you even read the, the lean books like go back to the old classic lean lean thinking the classic lean original lean machine that changed the world these things it's you know everybody is definitely uh there's always this this people are thrown off by the idea that the senseis don't just come and tell you what to do right like you know oh i'm gonna bring the toyota guys and they're gonna tell me what to do and they won't do it they won't come in and just tell them oh you know do step one then step two then step three and you've got it it's a lot of questions it's a lot of leading it's a lot of because they're trying to get you to change the mindset it's all the mindset the people change the processes change the tooling changes the methodologies change what doesn't change is the mindset if you have the right mindset which is the lean mindset all of these uh things can change uh, all around you and you'll still be successful because you know how to adapt them and adopt them to the work issue or the customer problem you're trying to solve right in front of you so troy say that troy say that and again in like one sentence Basically, the heart leads the practice. <laughs> Bam, there we go. Got Drop it. the mic. He did it. He actually did it, kind of. <laughs> it's what your, your beliefs lead practice. Basically, your results are based on your actions, your actions based on your beliefs, your beliefs are based on your experiences. So in the essence, you have to change experiences to change results. Exactly. Yeah, and and I, I I would I would say that you know there are just people think that we're talking about a you know a bunch of touchy feely go and hug everybody. There are you know very specific practices techniques that you can do to get people uh, you know starting to think in this in this way. Uh, it's not just a bunch of okay everybody change how you're thinking and you know we'll 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 come back to work on Monday with you know with with a new mindset and everything will be great. You know there are specific techniques and practices that you do. Um, but you know, the idea and the goal that you're after is this, this, this mindset shift towards continuous improvement. Let's so the, so, okay, go, well, go ahead. Trent. I want to actually kind of dive into an example of how, um, what you think you're doing for a good thing actually impedes flow. This is whole structure conversation. Damon, you were at the pink think tank this past year, which was awesome. And we really had a great dialogue around things like structure. And one of the conversations we came into was the whole concept of bimodal. And again, I'm not going to go into political world here, but the reality is there are many organizations that create a DevOps team. I was at a, a major transit organization just the other day, and it's and they've done this. There's the DevOps team. It's over there. And what they've done is they created a cross-functional team to break down the silos by making a little mini-me team 
for one specific service or application. And over there, that's the DevOps team. And aren't they great? We'll give them all the new to toys and tools and give them all the pats on the head. And we'll kind of scrawl, scowl back at the rest of the organization. And somehow this is good. Well, it might get you that you know, fast track on that one service. The rest of the organization is looking over there kind of askant saying, okay, uh, how about me? You know, the reality, what happens here is any parenting scenario. If you've got a favorite child, you keep patting on the head, giving that child a coat of many Technicolor colors. Uh, over time, the rest of the brothers start to resent that child. <laughs> you know, the reality is when we create even that kind of structure, which we think is good, uh, this bimodal approach, we actually create huge dysfunction in the family and create more silo. Well, you know, I'm going to go one step. That's one major problem, but I think there's another major problem, which is it's just it doesn't work because it's not, it's not reality. Like this new shiny thing on the side, it's our digital team or it's our mobile app team. Reality is it's, it, 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 it doesn't live in isolation and there's all kinds of dependent. It's like, do you have a separate data center for them? Do you have a separate security team? Do you have a separate networking team? Oh, they have their own customer records. Like they have their own, you know, backend systems of record, uh, everything from the mainframe, you know, to whatever. And it's like, Oh no, well then it's not its own thing in isolation. And they're still being impacted and undermined by uh, these backend, um, all, all those other teams, right? All the people outside of it who, in their thinking and their mindset, their mindset's completely different as to what drives quality, how to go faster, you know, what you can do, the cadence that they that they work on. So, you know, we see in organizations they might see a little bit of a a little bit of a of a of an improvement just because they've they've you know got people together to think about to think about moving a little faster, but the reality is they don't get the, uh, you know, that long-term performance gain. They don't become the high performance that they dreamed of being because it's not reality. The system is all that backend stuff that you're pretending doesn't exist in, that you don't, you know, there's the old, uh, mode one stuff, uh, is somehow divorced from this new stuff. And unless you're just painting pretty web pages, uh, that's not the, that's not the case. So therefore you now have two different parts of your organization the, sorry, two different parts of the same system, thinking completely differently, working completely differently, and uh, you know things just don't get don't get that much better. Um, but you know, unfortunately, I think kind of like that outsourcing thing I was talking about before. A lot of organizations they're just committed to to committing these sins, and uh, you know, committed to more misery before you know maybe they'll 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 realize that there's a uh, there's a better way and actually do what the high performers do, which is look across the organization. And they might decentralize control. They might have different ways, different tools and processes at the kind of the team levels, um, especially if they're working with different technologies. But fundamentally, they all have a common belief system about this is how we're going to get quality. This is how we're going to get speed. And we're all working kind of with that same, that same mindset. So the speed might change all over the place. The tooling might change all over the place. But the mindset and the focus of the organization is, uh, you know, uni, right, instead of, instead of the buy of the bimodal. Common belief, constancy of purpose, shared priorities, that's critical. What we just talked about <laughs> literally kills the machine. Yeah, exactly. 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 Oh, sorry, I was got, I, I was marvel I was marveling at your ability to do that, but also also agreeing with what you're <laughs> what you're saying. He's gotta be reading it. It doesn't I tell you, this is all to be reading stage. It. You guys you, this is like a, a tr you guys are guts are a little like a uh, trickier, right? You've well, already decided. Laurel and Hardy here. <laughs> yeah. Um hey, we're we're out of time, guys. So I thought that both of you actually did a nice little kind of cap there. But uh Damon, do you wanna say any more before we go? Uh, no, I mean, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm uh, at Damon Edwards, um, involved with the Gene Kim's um, um, 
DevOps Enterprise Conference that uh, is now it's happening in Europe and in the U.S., which I think if you're in an enterprise and you're trying to figure this stuff out, is a fantastic uh, event. Um, and uh, I was happy to be involved with the Pink uh, Think Tank with uh, you all coming out of your your uh, the, the Pink Conference. And um, I think the artifacts coming out of that are also going to be quite interesting and look forward to seeing that. Great. Thanks. And Troy, all good. Thank you, thank you so much for your uh, participation. You are, without question, the man of the words. Thanks to everybody for listening. Appreciate you sticking with us. This is Practitioner Radio from Pink Elephant.